Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. It is a victory Monday on Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hello to everyone streaming us at WSBTradio.com or on the free WSBT radio app of video stream rolling right now on the Twitch app. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Halloween with me here on WSBT Radio. As the kids are trick-or-treating, maybe you're sitting in the car. We'll keep you entertained. we got plenty of Notre Dame football talk to get to, including my co-host for Game Day Sports Beat, Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, will join me for his normal Monday visit at the bottom of this hour at 530 We'll hand out game balls from the Notre Dame victory over Syracuse. Special teams played a role again in the Notre Dame victory. And how about the first play of the game? That was a lot of fun as well for the defense. We've got our Twitter question of the day. Later on in the program, we've got some sports wagering to get to with Monday Night Football coming up tonight. In fact, we've got all four major sports rolling again tonight. The World Series, Monday Night Football, NBA regular season, NHL regular season. Hope you had a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining me on Sportsbeat here on 960 AM WSBT. I think we need all of us together to work on this, me especially, but you as a fan, maybe you're going to go to the barbershop, your favorite restaurant, bar, beauty shop, whatever the case may be, and you're going to talk about this Notre Dame-Clemson game this week. We all have to be able to say the Clemson's quarterback's name. Now, I've avoided it all year. He's been DJU. It's catchy. It's simple. And for someone that calls hockey 
and dealing with a lot of interesting pronunciations through the years, including one time we went up against a bunch of Russian all-stars. That was a disaster without a pronunciation guy. I think the easiest two or three names on their roster made all the big plays <laughs> in that game. They were assigned big moments in the game because I could say their name. But DJ, the Clemson quarterback, has a last name for whatever reason gets me, and I just can't get through it. It took like two games to finally get down Notre Dame freshman defenseman Mastro Domenico. I've got that now, but now I'm trying to work DJ's last name into the mix. So I guess we can all work at it together. DJ, is last name is spelled U-I-A-G-A-L-E-L-E-I. Trust me, that doesn't help you, writing that down. DJ's last name, according to Syracuse, is pronounced U-E-On-G-L-A. Seems simple, but when I put it all together, it just is a mess. DJ Uyan Galale. DJ Uyan Galale. That's about as good as I'm going to do. If I try it again, I'm going to screw it up. So we'll keep working on it throughout the week, and maybe by the end of the week, I can say it without pausing for that brief moment in between Ga and Lale. Uyan Galale. No chance. Forget it. I'll work on it again tomorrow. All right. The Irish took care of Syracuse. It was a 41-24 final score up in Syracuse. Solid victory for the Irish as they played the old pound the football, old style look at this Syracuse defense that, hey, I talked about it last week. If Tommy Reese commits to running the football like Clemson did in the second half, they could have great results. And sure enough, to Tommy's credit, He stuck with that running game, and the Irish did a great job of controlling the line of scrimmage. They never seemed to get that big, wild breakout run, but they were grinding out the yards. They kept the sticks moving. They kept the clock moving. And on a day in which their passing game, it was not fun to watch, they still put up 41 points thanks to that run game. little help from the defense, of course, putting up seven points and special teams handed them seven points by blocking a punt, putting the ball in the two-yard line. So there are 14 points where the offense either didn't do anything or had two yards to score. So you kind of peel back the layers. The offense scored 27-plus those other two touchdowns. And Syracuse, again, the Irish defense held an opponent under 300 yards, but yet the opponent ends up with 24 points. It's just Strange, very strange. All right, a lot to get to here on the program, but let's get things started with tonight's first pitch. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Intercepted, picked off on the 20, now across the 30, 40, near sideline, 50 to the 45-yard line. Jahad Carter, Drew Pine floated it down the middle of the field for Michael Mayer, was too high, and Mayer jumped up, got his right hand on it, and ended up just tipping it right to Carter. Well, it was a great day for the Irish rushing attack. 
And unfortunately, we kind of got more of the same from the Notre Dame passing game. Concerning, that's because three consecutive games, the passing game has had limited success or some success but lacked consistency in the ball game. First off, credit to this football team. Early start on the road, their first noon kickoff of the year. We didn't have to worry about them hitting the snooze button too many times as the Irish got off to a terrific start in the ballgame. Career start number 21 starts with a throw to the left side. Intercepted, picked off 25-20 to the 10, cut back to the 5, touchdown Notre Dame! Brandon Joseph, pick 6 on the first play of the game from 28 yards out. Notre Dame with a pick quick 6 and Syracuse nothing. Well, credit to Ryan Harris, the radio analyst, who set up in the pregame how the safeties at the snap are going to creep up because so much of the passing game is what you would call the intermediate stuff. And the safeties coming up could step in front and come up with a big play. And sure enough, on the first play, what Ryan predicted could happen, happened as Brandon Joseph The pick six on the first play of the game. The Irish were off and rolling, even though Syracuse went down the field and scored to tie it up. The Irish retook control of the game, and they walked away with a 17-point win. They've won two in a row since that stunning loss to Stanford, and they are now 5-3. But for me, if your main focus is anything but the Notre Dame quarterback position, right now then I think you're barking up the wrong tree or the wrong pine tree. Drew Pine in this game against Syracuse, 9 of 19 for 116 yards, a touchdown, and the interception we played for you just a moment ago. A floating high throw over the middle, everything a quarterback coach tells you not to do. Unfortunately, it happened, and a pick for the Syracuse secondary. So now Drew Pine, who entered the Stanford game, completing 72% of his throws since that Stanford game started. So we're talking Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse. Those three games, Pine is a combined 36 for 74. His completion percentage, 48.6%. In the three games, he's thrown for 472 yards. That is broken down to just 157.3 yards per game. Touchdown passes, four. Interceptions, two. Now, as we documented last week, and Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold had a great piece breaking down all 14 incompletions against UNLV, not all on Drew Pine. You could say the same thing this week, but... I think it's more on the accuracy in this game compared to the previous game against UNLV. So he was at 72% completion percentage before Stanford. Now for the season, he is down to 61.8%, 1,193 yards, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. After the game Saturday, Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman was asked to evaluate his starting quarterback, Drew Pine. 
I, I, I have to go back and watch it. You know, we scored how many points today? What was the final? Four, 41 points, you know. And if we can score 41 points doing it the way we just did it, we're going to continue to do that. I'm not looking to have a certain amount of passes or a certain amount of runs. I want to score points, and, and right now that's what we're doing. But it's not about the certain amount of passes. It is about the quality of passes. If they only have to throw eight, that's awesome. That means you have a running game that can be effective against anybody in the country. Now, Clemson's really good up front, so I'm not expecting Notre Dame to only have to throw eight passes and just run it down their throat. That would be a major surprise. But if you have the opportunity to throw eight times, you need quality out of the throws. We're not worried about quantity. We're worried about quality at this time. So... Marcus need a little time to check out the film, which I get when something is not right, didn't look good, off. You saw with your eyes on the sideline, but you also want to take a look at the, the 22 personnel camera. You want to talk to your offensive coaches and get a better feel. Did someone run the wrong route? Did somebody miss a block? Was the ball thrown late? Whatever the case may be, it offers him a different perspective and after reviewing the film coach freeman was asked again today about pine against syracuse yeah he again he's got to improve he's got to improve in in his accuracy um you know we gotta but there's a whole bunch more that goes into that right quarterbacks got to improve um we got to continue to improve our protection and and it's not just the offensive line protection can be with running backs hey people being in the throwing lane. You know, I'm, I wrote down a couple notes as we were watching film as an offensive staff and just saying, okay, we got to get the running back here to step up or step out out of his way so the quarterback has a, uh, a lane. The precision of routes, that's so important, you know, that to the eye just watching the game, they won't understand. But to the coaches, winners, the precision of routes are so important. That's a that's a challenge for every – that challenge for Michael Mayer. That's a challenge for every tight end. That's a challenge for the wideouts to be precise exactly where you're supposed to be when you run routes. Um, and then the other thing is we got to, you know, at some point when if we're not running the ball so well, we're going to throw it more, you know. And so right now we're running the ball pretty well. And uh, if we don't run the ball really well, I think it's going to force us to – you know, obviously take more opportunities in the passing game. All right, so Marcus is not going to be overly critical of his starting quarterback right now. I mean, what good is that going to do? Tommy Reese, you could see on ABC Saturday again on the phone talking to Pine, passing along, I think, some strong messages to Drew, but you can only do that so many times. And it didn't spark anything this time like it did in the Cal game. It was interesting today in that Marcus Freeman's press conference, which started at about 12.01, the first Drew Pine slash quarterback question occurred at 12.24, 23 minutes into the press conference. You might say, well, that's some bad media work. Why would that not be asked sooner? It's not like there were any major pressing storylines today. There really wasn't. But I think that's a sign of us in the media resigned to knowing who Drew Pine is and what you're going to get week in and week out. There's not much more to say right now than just flipping on the tape and watching. 
I'm sure many of you were sitting watching the game saying, well, why isn't Steve Angeli getting more of a chance? We saw him late in the ballgame. But I got to be fair to the coaching staff. They know Steve Angeli a heck of a lot better than we do. Media, in case you don't know, you don't get to watch practice during the season. Those days are long gone. Only the coaches know how far along Steve Angeli is. We have to trust their judgment. We can only guess, as a fan base or a media, where he is right now in his process of becoming a possible down-the-line starting quarterback for this football team. So we have to trust the decision of the coaching staff. Now, I know it could be hard based on the fact when the decision was made in December not to bring in a transfer quarterback, that decision has backfired. And a major reason why this team is 5-3 and three rather than 7-1. and one. And if you're 7-1, and one, that scenario means that this week's game against number 5 Clemson is a chance to make a major push toward the college football playoffs. A one-loss team right now is still alive for the playoff. And you could argue you are solid to a little above average quarterback play against Marshall and Stanford from being a 7-1 football team. I don't mean to put it all on the quarterbacks. It's not all on the quarterbacks. But I think it's fair to say the defense has played well enough to be 7-1. The running game has been good enough to be 7-1, with that loss being to Ohio State. I don't think anything changes there unless you brought in C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young to be your starting quarterback. Even though this team, I'm sure, has frustrated you throughout the season, but they're not that far away from being... At the very least, as we sit here today, a contender for the playoff. We just have to hope, looking ahead to 2023, that the decision-making for what needs to happen at the quarterback position is handled differently than it was this year. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Marcus Freeman was asked about that decision to not bring in a quarterback. He started talking about after this year and then went back to talk about the decision back in December when he became the head coach of this football team. About after the season, you know, and, and see where Tyler Buckner is coming back from injury. See, you know, we got a, a long season ahead of us. We still got nine guaranteed games in front of us to, to evaluate Drew and Steve Angeli and, and Ronnie Prowlis. And, and if that's a position of need that we need to go and get a – high school quarterback or get a, a transfer quarterback, we'll, we'll definitely evaluate that and make I, that decision. I meant last winter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, if this was a conversation you guys had as a staff. Yes. Like, okay. We discussed it right when I became the head coach. I had conversations with, with Coach Reese about it, and um, we felt like at that moment we did not need to get a college transfer. And the Irish are 5-3 and three heading into this matchup against Clemson. Let's remind you of quarterback recruiting under first quarterback coach Tommy Reese and now quarterback coach and offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Pretty good start, brought in Phil Dracovic, but he transferred from Notre Dame, 
had issues with the coaching staff, even thought about switching positions. It got so bad. 2019, Brendan Clark, transferred, failure. 2020, Drew Pine, the number 225 player in the country. Right now, a starter, last three games, has looked more like a backup. This one's trending in the wrong direction. As of right now, hopefully it turns around. 2021, Tyler Buckner, injured. Right now, we have, I guess, what we could call incomplete status on Buckner. 2021, Penn High School's Ron Paulus joined the program. He's a scout team quarterback. 2021, Jack Cohn brought in as a transfer. Terrific decision, just what this team needed. Highly successful after a rough start. Things really leveled off for this offense. They got going, and Jack Cohn being brought in was a highly successful decision. 2022, Steve Angeli was ranked 365 of the country. We don't know how good he can be, what his ceiling is. I'm told his ceiling is greater than Pine, but we'll have to wait to see when the lights are bright. But right now he's a backup, and of course, there's no quarterback in the 23 class. And the 24 class has C.J. Carr, the number 31 player in the country. It's been talked about that he could reclassify, but I'm not sure he could get here this spring if he did because he'd miss three high school semesters. That just seems like a lot, and I'm not sure how that would work. But it's possible. The hope is C.J. Carr is the future of this program. We talked before the season. The hope was that Tyler Buckner would play well enough that he – and C.J. Carr's development would collide as Buckner is leaving. C.J. Carr's starting career is going to take off. Unfortunately, there's a pothole in that bridge with the injury to Buckner. And again, we don't know how good he's going to be yet throwing the football. We know what he can do running the football. Pine, do we kind of know who he is at this point? And who knows? C.J. Carr could end up being an All-American. He could be a good quarterback. We'll have to wait and see but it'll be interesting to find out when he actually arrives in South Bend and when truly he would have a chance to make an impact on this roster. This needs to be a Marcus Freeman quarterback decision during the offseason. This has to be gotten right. There's been too many hiccups. I know the head coach is defensive-minded. He put a lot of autonomy on the offense. With Tommy Reese being in charge, maybe you got to pull back the reins a little bit and be heavily involved in everything that goes on with this next quarterback decision because you can't miss again. This is a really good roster for next year. 529 is our time. Tyler Horka talks Notre Dame football next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Derek. Right now hits 15. Logan Diggs, a tailback to the left of Drew Pine in the shotgun. Davis Sherwood, tight end, lined up as a fullback to the right. Pine takes the snap inside the Diggs, cuts once, surges for the goal line, and gets there. Touchdown, Logan Diggs. Paul Burmeister on the Notre Dame Radio Network on Saturday. He had the call of the Irish 41-24 victory over Syracuse 
on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, a day in which the Fighting Irish ran the ball 56 times and only threw it 19 times. The defense had a pick six. The special teams blocked another punt, setting up a two-yard touchdown. So the Irish offense put up 27 points kind of by themselves and then got a boost from special teams and the defense to get that total up to 41. Let's break down this matchup with our eye, of course, looking ahead to the matchup with number 5 Clemson this Saturday night at 7.30 at Notre Dame Stadium. We bring in my co-host for Game Day Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. We'll be on the air from Notre Dame Stadium from 4 until 6.30 on Saturday. He is Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, Tyler Horka. Well, the old saying that many people live by, you always want a balanced offense. If you got 70 plays, you want to be as close to – 50-50 as possible, and I've always not been a fan of that saying because if a team has a weakness and you see it and you can really take advantage of it, why would you try to do something different? So I went into this Saturday's game talking on the show. I hope Tommy Reese stays disciplined. I hope he runs the football because after what I saw, Clemson-Syracuse, Clemson ran it down Syracuse's throat in the second half on their way to a comeback victory, and you know what? Sure enough, Tyler, he let that running game eat. And even though the numbers, 4.4 yards per carry, weren't staggering and they, they never seemed to have that big explosive run, that was a game plan that really took advantage of a weakness of Syracuse. So I know Tommy catches a lot of heat. I really like the game plan he put together on Saturday for the most part. Yeah, and I totally agree with you, what you said at the beginning there when if you've got a weakness, and for Notre Dame, that is passing the football, especially in the last three games, why would you go do to that just as much as you go to the thing that works? And for Notre Dame, that's running the football. I mean, to run the ball over 50 times, 56 times, like you said, is just an incredible stat. And I think uh, my coworker Patrick Engel had a stat in his rewatch where it's the most since 2017 and Notre Dame has only run the ball over 50 times twice since I think it was like 2008 or something so we're talking Mm. about 15 years worth of data points here and 12 games 12 or 13 games a year obviously and there's only been two times that Notre Dame has done that and that just exemplifies the way that Tommy Reese and Notre Dame thought it was going to win a game against Syracuse on the road against a top 20 opponent was hey, man, keep this thing on the ground, turn out first downs. We've got a stable of backs who can who can run the ball. And sure enough, Audric Estime, one week after only running the ball three times against UNLV and was benched because he fumbled for a third time in the last four games, he gets 20 carries and goes for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Logan Diggs, the guy who was the bell cow against UNLV the previous week with 28 carries, he gets another 20 carries, so – it's just a confident group up front, and we'd be remiss not to mention the offensive line obviously paving the way. Garrett Patterson gets the player of the game on the offense from Marcus Freeman and the coaching staff, and he just said it today in his press conference. He was like, we could have picked any one of those five up front because it all starts with those guys, and that's a cliche, but it's true, man, because if you don't have guys that are moving the, the pile up front and pushing the line of scrimmage downfield in your favor, then you're not going to be able to run like Notre Dame was, but Obviously, it's a, it's a different task this week against Clemson, number seven rushing defense in the country in terms of 
yards per game allowed. This is a unit that's only averaging 88 yards on the ground per game. So uh, this is not the undersized Syracuse defensive lineman that Notre Dame is facing this hmm. week. So it's, it's strength on strength, and it's going to be really intriguing to watch. I've always been a big Chris Tyree fan, and in the first month of the season, I wanted him to get the football more. Just like coaches, as a media member, sometimes you have to adjust on the fly. And I'm going to make an adjustment to how I feel about the Irish running back room. Now, we both in agreement, three running back splitting carries is not healthy because it just doesn't allow you to get into the proper rhythm as a running back. And any running back who you give true serum to is going to tell you that. With the way Notre Dame successfully runs the football between the tackles and struggles running outside the tackles, this is why I'm making a change in my thinking. I think if that is who they are, their identity, that Diggs and Estime give you the best chance to succeed. Tyree is still a versatile guy that can help you as a pass catcher, but you know what? If that is your identity and if that's the way you're going to run the football, I would rather have good blocking wide receivers to help in the running game than having Tyree out there. So as much as I'm a big fan of Chris Tyree, I kind of like what we saw against Syracuse with Diggs and Estimate taking control of the carries. I kind of want to get your thoughts on the direction of this offense, in particular the use of the running backs. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And it's not to say that Chris Tyree can't do it, because I go back to he the can. Cal game where it was, Audric Estime and Chris Tyree because Logan Diggs was sick and didn't play in that game. And you'd almost think it was Logan Diggs wearing number 25 for Notre Dame because I think the carries in that game were split 18-17. Chris Tyree, Audric Estime basically ran for the same amount of yards. They piled up 150 between the two. I think they were both around 75 or 80. But he can do it. But I'm just sitting there watching that game against Syracuse, and you see the way number seven hits the hole and number three hits the hole. I mean, those guys are running hard, and they don't want that first guy to tackle them. And, and a lot of times that first guy does not tackle them all on his own. He needs some help. When 25 gets it, I don't know what it is. There's just something about the first guy being able to tackle him or he gets tripped mm -hmm. up or he just doesn't have that strength. And obviously that would make sense because he is not as big as certainly Audric Estime, and he's not even as big as Logan Diggs. So there's a power element missing there. And then they did try to run him outside a couple times, and you saw a couple tackles for losses. It just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I think Greg McElroy made a really good point that that's Syracuse's strength. Notre Dame was playing into it uh, on a couple of those runs because they're so quick and, and small up front that they're able to get out there a little quicker than the bigger guys on the defensive line. But, yeah, if Notre Dame's M.O. is that power game, north-south, run between the tackles, get the tight ends involved, just run it up right up the middle on teams, then, yeah, it's, it's Audric Estime. And, and it's Logan Diggs, but with Chris Tyree, when people say, oh, yeah, he's, he's a great pass catcher, and he is, that doesn't mean you have to line him up at wide receiver. You could still put him in the backfield. I think Notre Dame has done some really good things in the RPO game to get him the ball in space while he's still lined up as a running back. So it doesn't mean he's totally phased out of the backfield component. I think you can still put him back there, but when it comes time to run the ball, if you're Notre Dame, I think the last two weeks I've shown you – uh, obviously not with Estime against UNLV, but, I mean, Logan Diggs is definitely one of those guys. And then this week showed you, okay, when he's not fumbling the football, I think Audrick Estime is probably the best pure runner 
that Notre Dame has on this team. So if you do go with the two-back system, which we are both a proponent of, that leaves somebody out. And right now that's Chris Tyree, the odd man out. Before I ask my next main question, let me set it up by asking this. In my opinion, the four best teams in college football have separated themselves from everybody else. In my four, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, to me, is not that caliber of a football team. Agree or disagree? I think we're, uh, we're missing a team that is about three hours away from here in Ann Arbor. I think they're, they're in there, too. But to me, it's a, it's a top six, and maybe Clemson and Michigan are those two that are not as good as the, as the top four. I'd probably give you that, but I, I think Michigan's even better than Clemson. So, yes, I agree okay. with you that Clemson is outside of that top four for sure. They're a beatable football team. I think they have yeah. some flaws, but to me, some of their flaws, the Notre Dame ability to take advantage, it's going to be hard because it's also a flaw for them. I think the Syracuse corners are very gettable, but now we start talking about the Irish passing attack, Tyler, and Drew Pine the last three games is 36 for 74 48.6% completion percentage, 9 of 19 against Syracuse. I brought up the eliteness because I think Clemson is a beatable football team. You can beat them with maybe average to above average quarterback play. It's going to take other parts of the team playing extremely well. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a pushover football team. But this quarterback play against the best of the best teams on the roster, Tyler, simply put, it is not sustainable. I agree with that, and that's where you've seen some of the issues where if we go back to the conversation we were having right at the beginning about balance, there are going to be days where you cannot run the football, and Saturday is probably one of them. So what do you have to do in response to that is you got to throw it around at least a little bit. If you're not able to do that, I mean, you're – I wouldn't even call yourself one-dimensional at that point. You're just – you're kind of hanging yourself out to dry. You're, you're not a good offense, and – you saw that against Stanford when Notre Dame only scored 14 points. You saw it for stretches against California. Uh, that wasn't exactly an offensive juggernaut-like type game for Notre Dame. And th- this is one of those where you-, you hit the nail on the head. If Clemson's defense has a weakness, it's been that secondary. I go back to a quote where Dabo Sweeney said, um, I-, I think it was it the Wake Forest game where Clemson gave up a-, a boatload of points and the secondary was just getting toast? I think they gave up – five or six passing touchdowns, and Dabo was like, it wasn't very good, but at least we didn't give up seven. <laughs> Notre Dame does not have the type of offense to, to even get uh, – I mean, who really thinks that Drew Pine can go back to throwing even three touchdowns in one game right now? I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't see four or five, so if that's the way that you get Clemson, I think Dabo Sweeney is sitting there going, man, this game could have been really dangerous on our schedule. We're undefeated. We have all these things going for us, but – you know, it's not a conference game, and these guys have all this talent. I think he's sitting there not thinking any of those things right now. He's thinking, man, if we stop that Notre Dame ground game, it, this 5'11.5 quarterback is not going to beat us down the field, and, and that's the way we've been getting beat this year. So it, it's almost frustrating to a degree if you're Notre Dame, and I've seen some of it already on the blueandgold.com message board and even on Twitter where these fans are sitting there thinking, man, I, I love what happened against Syracuse, but – is that really going to happen against this other team that wears orange that's coming to South Bend this weekend? I really don't think Notre Dame's going to be able to run like that. So at that point, what can Drew Pine do for us? And 
if that's the question, just look at the last three weeks, and it has not been pretty. You laid out the numbers. It's, it's going to be a struggle for Notre Dame. And the game you were referencing was Clemson's fourth game when it took two overtimes to win at Wake Forest, 51-45, and Demon Deacon quarterback Sam Hartman threw six touchdown passes in the game. So, yeah, at least he didn't throw seven. They got out of Dodge yeah. with a victory. And let's see if I can – I've been practicing. DJ Uyan Galale had five touchdown passes that day against Wake Forest. Will Shipley, who the Irish tried and tried to get the running back, went over 100 yards in that game, had 172 against Syracuse. Let me just get a quick thought on DJ and Will and the type of challenge that is in front of Al Golden's defense on Saturday. Yeah, I'll start with Will. He's really, really good, and it seems kind of like the theme. Notre Dame always has to play these really, really good running backs. Even when Marshall was out without star Rasheen Ali, Kalan Laybourne comes in and wins that game for the Thundering Herd. And Notre Dame did a really good job against Sean Tucker, though, so Mm -hmm. I think the defense has evolved to a point where it's not letting really, really good running backs beat it. Uh, UNLV's running back, I, his name escapes me, but he had a couple of those long runs, though. So, so you are worried about a dynamic guy like Will Shipley who can, quite frankly, get out in space and, and make some guys miss and, and take really long runs almost to the house, if not to the house. And then as far as DJ Uyunglele goes, I mean, he's coming off of his, toughest start of the season I would call it he, he yeah. got benched let's call it what it is against Syracuse against the Syracuse team that obviously Notre Dame just had its way with and I think some of that had to do with Clemson beating Syracuse up a little bit but uh, that's just the course of a football season but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game that quarterback has because the last time he was at this very stadium he threw for what close to 450 yards and four touchdowns and the circumstances are a little bit different now. He's not backing up Trevor Lawrence, and this team is his. It's supposed to be his anyway. And if he struggles again, then we might see a little bit of Kate Klubnick out there, the five-star mm. freshman that Clemson is really, really high on. And I will say this, though. A couple times on your show I said, I think it's going to be Kate Klubnick. And, I mean, we're going back to, like, July yeah. and August and even maybe in September. But I will give DJU credit for the way he kind of stabilized because if you look at the, his numbers, they're really good. He's taking care of the football outside of what he did against Syracuse when he turned it over three times on his own. He's running for touchdowns. He's throwing for touchdowns. So if Clemson gets that guy against Notre Dame on Saturday, and if they do stop that Notre Dame rushing attack, like we said, I mean, this is why they're a top-five team in the country. They're undefeated. They're aimed back at the college football playoff. When he's playing like that, I mean, he's more than serviceable. He's up there with, you know, some of the better quarterbacks in the country in terms of what he can do. I'll add this. I'm not sure Clemson has the quality of wide receivers they had when they were right. winning championships. Amari Rodgers and Sammy Watkins and T. Higgins. I, I don't think they yeah. have that quality of a wide receiver. So DJ is a tad bit hampered compared to like a Deshaun Watson man when he had some NFL wide receivers to throw to. Right. Let me throw and this. And even with Will, Will Shipley, I mean, Tra- Travis Etienne is uh, is a different dude as well. You see him on Sundays every day now, and uh, that, that definitely helped Clemson yeah. as well. Let me ask you this, because there are a lot of Irish fans who are right now chatting with family or guys at the barbershop, whatever the case may be, about Drew Pine. And wondering, hey, this Steve Angeli guy's a freshman. I'm sure people are saying, well, he can't do any worse than this. 
how do you try to talk to those people that probably at this point Drew Pine is still the best option and we have to trust the coaching staff because they see these guys every day. Hey, let's face it. If Steve Angeli was better right now, he would play. And that's the same thing I said last year when I was fighting off the Drew Pine talk. I'm like, Jack Cohen is still the best quarterback on this roster. You have to go with them until you see something different in practice. Yeah, and I think you have to go with him until you just see complete rock bottom on a Saturday, too. And some might say, yeah, Stanford was rock bottom, but I mean, that, the circumstances dictate what you do with the starting quarterback. There was no point in that game where Notre Dame was completely out of it where you said, oh my gosh, we have to go a completely yeah. different direction if we're, if we're going to even stay in this game. So at that point, you stay with the guy who, who won you a game against California, North Carolina, and BYU. You say, man, he, he's got he's to find it at some point, and, and maybe we're going to come back to win this game. It didn't happen on that particular day. But it also didn't get so bad to where you say, man, we have to take him out. And again, mm-hmm. this past weekend against Syracuse, was he great? No, he only completed 9 of 19 passes. But he did a, a couple things. Uh, let's, let's talk about the throw to Michael Mayer where he goes down the sideline for 37 yards. And then he hits Mayer on the very next play, 11 yards. And then Tommy Reese dials up a beautiful play action on the goal line. Yes. I, mean, I tweeted that video. Go to at TB Horka if you guys want to see that. It, it's an excellent the way they lined up, everybody was on the line of scrimmage, the play action, Jaden Thomas in the corner. It was beautiful. He hits that throw, Drew Pine does. So he did enough, and Notre Dame won by 17 points. So I don't think you're pulling a quarterback, a junior, for a true freshman when you're beating the number 16 team in the country by 17 points on the road. Yeah, the defense in the running game had so much to do with it, way more than Drew Pine had to do with it. But I mean, at some point, you want a little bit of stability with what you're doing. And I think leaving the junior in there to figure it out, because this is the first time he's ever started this many games in a row at the college level. Maybe he can get back to what he was doing against California in the second half, Mm -hmm. North Carolina on the road, BYU in Las Vegas. Like like that, that guy exists somewhere in Drew Pine, and maybe it'll come back out. I don't think you just totally shoot his confidence and basically end his college career, at least at Notre Dame, if you pull him for a true freshman in the second half of a season where he's already playing because your starter got hurt at the beginning of the year. I think you just got to stick it out, ride with him, hope he gets back to doing what he was doing a little earlier in the year. That call you're talking about, the play action that Reese dialed up, that gives me hope for the offense going forward in the red zone. I thought at times they get a little vanilla although that that end around against Stanford does not fall into the vanilla category. But I love the play action. I was calling for a play action to the the number two tight end. Go 12 personnel, have the two tight ends. I guarantee you play action to that backup tight end. No one is going to see that coming. Next best thing, you go play action there to a receiver, and it works out perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And just one more thing on that call against Stanford that you brought up. That wasn't vanilla. That was just expired ice cream you left it in the back of the freezer and you're like oh man i need to just throw this away bitter beer face that's what that was yeah (laughs) all right i know that your colleague mike singer is going to have a busy weekend this is a huge recruiting weekend for the fighting irish i know you and patrick are going to have all angles of this game ready to go this week at blueandgold.com 
Yeah, it's amazing what happens when Notre Dame plays well and they beat a top-20 opponent on the road like that. It seems like our readership numbers were up a little bit. And if that was because of anyone listening to this, we thank you. If you if it wasn't you, then you need to uh, jump on board because you can sign up at blueandgold.com for 12 months of premium access for only $10. That deal is running through the end of this season and then all the way through the beginning of next season. So he's got plenty of months to do it. I've been saying all along, though, if you haven't done it already, do it today because it's an awesome deal. And we've got this game, which has always been one of the biggest on the schedule for Notre Dame. And I think it got a little bit bigger with what the Irish did last week. And basketball starts tonight. I hang up the phone and I'm going to go watch Neil Ivey's team play an exhibition game. I think the men have an exhibition game later this week. Yep. So it's a, it's a happening time at blueandgold.com. It always is, but there's something about November, uh, the month of November, when all of these sports are crossing over, it's a, it's an awesome time mm. to follow collegiate athletics. I know it's what if, ands, and buts, but man, this team very easily could be seven and one, and we're having totally different conversations about this game. That's the part that's frustrating: yeah. losing to Marshall and Stanford. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He'll join me for game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra from Notre Dame Stadium Saturday from 4 until 6.30. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you then. All right. See you Saturday. You bet. Tyler Horka covers the Fighting Irish, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We've got a Sports Center update coming up in just a couple of moments. I'm going to hand out some game balls from that Irish win over Syracuse and How about the job Brian Mason is doing with special teams? This was supposed to be fair catch you. Not anymore. How about five punts blocked so far this year? And that's good because that'll force Clemson to spend a whole lot more time on making sure the Irish don't get to another punt in this Saturday's ballgame. Difference-making stuff right now from Coach Mason's group. 557 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Second hour, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, 6.09 at WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. We're brought to you by our longtime title sponsor, Budweiser, the King of Beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop for new beginnings, have happy endings. South Bend Orthopedics. Team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. Tim Grau State Farm Insurance for surprisingly great rates. 
that fit anyone's budget, call Tim at 574-232-9981. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future and legacy heating and air, a Cook family business. Sports Beat, off the air tonight at 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock, it is Caveman Corner. 30-minute program looking into all things Mishawaka High School Athletics. Then at 7.30, Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football from the AFC North. The defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals play without their injured wide receiver Jamar Chase heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Pre-game at 7.30, kickoff right around 8.15 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, let's get to handing out some game balls from Notre Dame's victory over the Syracuse Orange on Saturday, 41-24. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. All right, let's get started with the first of five game balls from this particular contest. And we're going to share game ball number five because of this. Max von Marburg to punt. Blocked! His punt is blocked on the 15. Spinning up in the air. Inside the five. Notre Dame takes over on the two-yard line. Clarence Lewis with the block. The cornerback. The ball spun about 15 feet high in the air after he blocked it. Landed inside the 10. Spun down inside the five. Notre Dame pounced on it. And it was Jordan Patello coming up with the recovery. So Lewis had the block punt, Notre Dame's fifth of the year. That block punt recovered by Batello, who also had two sacks in the ballgame. Next play, Audric Estime piles into the end zone for a two-yard touchdown run, and the Irish took all of the air out of that dome. At that point, they led 38-17 on their way to the 41-24 victory over Syracuse. The fourth game ball goes to running back Audric Estime. 20 rushes in the ball game for Estime. 123 yards, and most importantly, he did not fumble the football. Entered the game, having fumbled in three of the last four games, was yanked from the UNLV game after his third carry was a fumble. Estime... In his 20 carries, he had one carry go backwards for minus one yard. Otherwise, 6.2 yards per carry for Estime. And he had the longest run from scrimmage in the game of 28 yards. Not involved in the passing attack, but some good stiff arms and good bulldozing running by the sophomore, Audric Estime, against Syracuse. Okay, okay. Career start number 21 starts with a throw to the left side. Intercepted. Picked off 25-20 to the 10. Cut back to the 5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Yes. Brandon Joseph. Pick 6 on the first play of the game from 28 yards out. Notre Dame with a 
pick, quick six, and Syracuse nothing. Paul Burmeister on the call on the Notre Dame radio network. Brandon Joseph had never had a pick six in his football career, even as a youngster. He got one at Syracuse on the first play of the game, stepping in front of the Syracuse wide receiver. He took it to the house. Fast start for the fighting hours. Should have had a second penalty, but it was wiped away. I should say he should have had a second interception and the ball game wiped away by an offsides penalty. Also had a couple of tackles in the game and three punt returns for 23 yards. A very nice game for Brandon Joseph. Number two. Irish offensive line, you all get a game ball. You were asked to do a lot in this game, a lot of heavy lifting. And I'm sure in that offensive line room, there was no complaining. That's a dream. 56 rushes and only 19 times you had to really get into pass protection mode. That's fun for offensive linemen. It was a big boy, physical football type game. Great game plan by Tommy Reese. And the Irish offensive line did a ton of heavy lifting to allow those running backs, Andrew Pine and Mitchell Evans, to put up 246 yards in this game. Number one. And the number one game ball goes to Irish offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. He stayed disciplined throughout the game and continued to pound the football. Got away with it a little bit in the third quarter, but came back to it. 56 carries, 246 yards. The passing game, questionable right now. Only used that 19 times. But how about the I formation that Tommy came out with on that opening drive? I mean, Audric Estime as your fullback? Oh, yes. Yes, more of that every once in a while, please. If that can work in a game plan, that was awesome to see. And Tommy used a lot of 13 personnel. One running back, three tight ends. Here you go, boys. Front seven for Syracuse. Front nine, however many you had near the line of scrimmage. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hand it off. Here are three tight ends. Good luck stopping us. And Tommy let Estime and Diggs eat in that game. Both got 20 carries. We talked about Estime. 123 rushing yards in the two touchdowns. Diggs got into the end zone for the first time this year. 20 carries, 85 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. Offensive coordinator Tommy Reese gets the ultimate game ball from this 41-24 victory over Syracuse. Well, the fall edition of Radio Bingo is here. Michiana's virtual double bingo game has $5,000 worth of cash prizes that you can get your hands on. Grab your bingo card and play for big cash jackpots at michianabingo.com. And please don't forget to use the Camden Appliance free space in the center. The jackpot grows daily by 50 bucks. For rules and bingo cards, head to michianabingo.com. Michiana's virtual double bingo game is brought to you in part by Camden Appliance, Carl K. Memorials, Christensen Furniture, and Faith Mission of Michiana. Let's talk a little special teams when we come back. The Irish are 5-3 and three and getting set to take on number 5 Clemson this Saturday night at 7.30. Hear the game right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. 
Notre Dame brings five. Bradley steps back. In trouble. He sacked. At the 15-yard line, J.D. Bertrand got him. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And down he goes. At the 16-yard line, Justin Adamilola got there first. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Oh, intercepted. This will be a pick six. Into the end zone goes Jack Kaiser. 42-yard touchdown. 623 at WSBT. We're live on 960 AM. Also streaming live at WSBTradio.com. On the free WSBT radio app and also on the Twitch app. All right, let's continue talking about this Irish win over Syracuse, 41-24. to Boy, special teams has been fun this year. A great addition to this program is Brian Mason, who Marcus Freeman has known for over a decade. Now, whether it was head coaching philosophy, special teams coach philosophy, Notre Dame wasn't really known for being overly dynamic on special teams under Brian Kelly and under Brian Polian as special teams coach. We unfortunately kind of labeled special teams fair catch you. But what a different story this year. Mason is right right now making for this football team with an offense that at times needs a boost. The ability to block punts has become a major part of the storyline of this Irish football team. Three straight games. They now have five punt blocks on the air, including this one against Syracuse. Harburg to punt. Blocked! His punt is blocked on the 15. Spinning up in the air. Inside the five. Notre Dame takes over on the two-yard line. Clarence Lewis with the block. The cornerback, the ball spun about 15 feet high in the air after he blocked it, landed inside the 10, spun down inside the 5. Notre Dame pounced on it. Patello got that football, and Audric Estime scored on the next play, and the Irish were up 38-17 and route to that 41-24 victory over the Orange, who, by the way, are still ranked this week. Notre Dame is closing in on the top 25, but... Not there just yet. You win this week, you're going to vault into the top 25 with a home win over number five, Clemson. On Saturday, Irish head coach Marcus Freeman on Coach Mason dialing up another punt block. Yeah, it's it's very similar to how you try to run the ball when you know you're going to try to run the ball. It's You can't do the exact same thing, but you got to spend time um, you know, trying to, to attack the deficiencies of, of the opponent and then also make sure you're not putting yourself at a a risk to getting a fake you know that's the big challenge is hey we got to make sure at some point somebody's going to try that fake on us and we got to make sure we're ready for it and I think our guys are um we're prepared as long as everybody does their job that's why I tell them how do you prevent a fake is everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do and uh but it's really kudos off the kudos off the coach Mason and that punt block unit um they're hungry for it you know, you can see it once you start getting a, a little bit of success and block a couple punts, they want it, and they want to attack it, and they work on it after practice and, and really work at the details of it. All that work is paying off right now for that unit. Coach Freeman today was asked to offer a few more details on this relationship with Coach Mason, which goes back a few years. Yeah, I've worked with Brian Mason since 2011. 
when I was at Kent State, and we hired him as a defensive GA. And uh, Mace has those qualities in terms of work ethic, intelligence, um, the ability to connect with players that, that you see here 10, 11 years later that, you know, to me in my mind is, is he's one of the best, right? And, and um, you know, he does a great job. But why is because of his work ethic? Why? Because of his intelligence. Why? Because of his ability to teach and relate to players. You can have all these thoughts in your head, but if your players can't go out and execute it and have a belief in what you're presenting, you're not a great coach, right? You might be really smart, but coaches are, are as good as their players can perform. And uh, that's what uh, really, you know, continues to make my belief in Brian Mason so strong. And you know what? He's, he's continuing to get better. I mean, listen, you're not going to trick anybody. <laughs> You've blocked three punts in the last two games, I think five this year. So, um, and it's not just punt block. You, you know, I challenged the special teams unit in kickoff return. We had been below average in kickoff return. What you see, last week we got one opportunity and it came out for 30-something plus yards and could have went almost, you know, we get one more block, it could go farther. And so that's what you love to see, guys that, you know, step up to a challenge but also enhance the things they're really good at. Right now in 2022, let's walk away from punt blocks for a moment. On punt returns, the Irish have returned 17 punts this year for 9.3 yards per return. Worth noting, Clemson's punt return unit defensively is giving up 8.6 yards per return. Interesting little battle there that the Irish, maybe they have the ability to break one in this game against Clemson, who's given up a few yards. And just looking back to the last few years, Full seasons, you can see that Notre Dame is in a better position to want to return punts and are returning punts. They've got 17 punt returns already this year at 9.3. Last year, all season, 19 punt returns, 8.6. 2020, 14 punt returns, 9.1. And back in 2019, a little more activity, 25 punt returns at 8.4. Special teams also produced a much better kickoff return today, return day, even though they returned only one. Very good job by that unit. Chris Tyree had a 33-yard kickoff return. Brandon Joseph, three punt returns for 23 yards on Saturday. He has now returned 16 of the Notre Dame punts at an average of 9.9. And you know what? He was also pretty good for this football team playing safety. Career start number 21 starts with a throw to the left side. Intercepted. Picked off 25-20 to the 10. Cut back to the 5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Brandon Joseph. Pick six on the first play of the game from 28 yards out. Notre Dame with a pick quick six. And Syracuse nothing. Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman on Saturday discussing that quick start for the Irish thanks to Joseph's pick six. To start the game, it was huge. You know, to start the game on defense and the very first play, I think it was the first play, get a pick six. Uh, that's a, trust me, that's, a, that's how you want to start, you know, if you can. And so um, it was good. The group started fast, you know, and, and then they went down and scored to make it a 7-7 game. But but the ability to establish, hey, we're on defense first, we go up 7 nothing. Um it's huge momentum builder for everybody on our football program. Well, the Irish got off to a good start against UNLV. Granted, talent level much below the Irish. Notre Dame put up 23 points in the first quarter two weeks ago. 
even though they missed on some other opportunities to score more points, settling for three field goals in that first quarter. You take on this Clemson football team that has been very, very solid in first quarters this year. You take a look at the numbers. Clemson has outscored their opponents in the first quarter 58-27. Notre Dame has been outscored in first quarters this year 41-36. to So, yes, yeah, sign up Marcus Freeman for a fast start at home on Saturday against number 5 Clemson. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got to be developed in practice. It's got to be developed in practice, man. There's no magic formula. Uh, but it's been a word over the past, really since Stanford, that we've been talking, that urgency word. It was first just having an urgency. And then after last game, I didn't love the urgency in the second half. And so we said constant urgency this week. I don't know what the word will be before urgency, but it's going to be something urgency uh, for this week. But it's it's urgency. It's it's, But urgency to do what? To execute. I know you guys hate hearing that word. But it's urgency to execute. All right, that's what they are. What, I get up in front of the room on Fridays. We have our team meeting, and I say, okay, we got to have urgency. We got to have urgency. Urgency to what, coach? To do your job. Urgency to execute, right? And that's what a mindset. It's not urgency to, to go and score touchdowns or urgency to make sure you get a three and out. No, it's urgency to do your job every single play. That's got to be our mindset. All right, well, we'll see if the Irish can get off to a fast start. Put pressure on this Clemson football team again. The same team that Notre Dame played on Saturday, Syracuse, the week before, went down to Death Valley where they have won almost 40 consecutive games. Syracuse had Clemson down 21-10 to deep into the third quarter, and Clemson put their starting quarterback on the bench for a freshman. They committed to running the football and ran it right down Syracuse's throat. They rallied to win 27-21, but it can't be lost. Syracuse up 11 on the road against the same Clemson team that comes to Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday. This is not an invincible football team. This is not Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State. I know Tyler Herker wanted to put Michigan in that group. I don't think Michigan's quite there yet, but they're in that second tier. I think they're better than Clemson for sure. But I think this is a football team that has some weaknesses. But again, they seem to line up with some of Notre Dame's weaknesses. Can the Irish run the ball effectively against this Clemson front? That's going to be a massive storyline in this game. It is 27 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. Coming up, our Twitter question of the day as Sportsbeat continues on this Victory Monday on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 640 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hope you're having a great Monday and a great Halloween. Darren Pritchett with you. Big, big news coming from the National Football League today. And it comes from Hallis Hall in Chicago, Illinois, where the Chicago Bears one week ago traded away pass rusher Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles for collateral for their future, picking up draft picks from Philadelphia. Well, Ryan Poles was at it again today as the Chicago Bears once again traded away one of their marquee players as they continue to think about building this football team the right way. They are going to have a ton 
of cap space next year, over $100 million, almost double of anybody else. So they could get good really quick. But what happened today? Courtesy of NFL Network, their insider, Ian Rappaport. A massive, massive trade for the Baltimore Ravens, who have just agreed to terms with the Chicago Bears for star defender and captain Roquan Smith. This was to be one of the linchpins of Matt Eberflus's defensive zone who's emerged as one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. And now he is traded to the Ravens in exchange for a second rounder and a fifth rounder. This coming draft, general manager Eric Tacosta has never met a trade. He would not consider. He clearly early target uh, targeted early. Roquan Smith is someone who would come in, fit right in on his defense. Remember, Tom, they had C.J. Mosley several years ago. Let him go in free agency. Never quite replaced him. Certainly, they have more than done that with this big trade right here. And there's no doubt the Bears were not going to be able to come to terms with Roquan Smith, who is playing out his rookie deal this year. So the Ravens are picking up a guy that can hit free agency after the season. Maybe they sign him long term. But no one has more tackles in the NFL this year than Roquan Smith with 83, but obviously was not going to be a part of the Bears' future and really good value. A second and a fifth-round pick for a guy that can walk and leave the Ravens at the conclusion of this year. So big news coming out of Chicago today. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, on Friday's program, we asked our normal question, what outright wagering combo will play out for the Notre Dame-Syracuse game? Now, the spread went back and forth. Syracuse ended up being a slight favorite. Some places, it was a pick So when we asked the question, we gave you three options. Notre Dame was an underdog when we asked the question. Choice number one, Notre Dame wins the ball game outright. Choice number two, Syracuse wins the game outright, but Notre Dame covers. And the third choice, not only does Syracuse win the game outright, they cover the spread. Last in the voting was Syracuse winning and Notre Dame covering because at the time it was a point and a half. It's really, really hard for that combo to happen. Choice number two by our listeners on my Twitter account. At 960 Sports Beach, Syracuse wins, Syracuse covers. I got 31.5% of the vote. The winning vote was also the correct vote. Y'all did a great job. Notre Dame winning the game outright. That got 55.6% of the vote. I picked Notre Dame to win the game 23-20. The game didn't pan out score-wise the way I thought, but hey, we'll take the victory anyway. We can get it. So great work by our listeners. They had the correct answer. At least the majority had it right. Here is today's question. Based on the fact that Drew Pine is completing 48% of his throws in the last three games. Today's question, which you can find at 960 Sportsbeat on Twitter. What quarterback gives Notre Dame the best chance to win against Clemson? Three choices. Drew Pine, freshman backup Steve Angeli. Or a combination of both. I'm thinking Jack Cohn, Tyler Buckner type combination, which we saw last year. Which quarterback gives Notre Dame the best chance to win against Clemson, Pine and Jelly, or a combo of both? You can vote right now 
on my Twitter account at 960Sportspeed. And as always, we thank you so much for taking part in our Twitter question of the day. K-Man Corner coming up at the top of the hour. But first, we'll talk some sports wagering on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Pizza lovers, here's some... Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 